It's time for a Humans in Tune conversation with Darren on 93.9 Mike FM. Yes, indeed. It is time for a Humans in Tune conversation. And today I'm very pleased to have Brooke Young with me in the studio via Zoom. We are going to be chatting about all kinds of things. Brooke is an amazing human, and I'm glad you're able to join me for another Humans in Tune here on 93.9 Mike FM on Facebook. Well, thank you for having me. And Darren and I know each other fairly well, so we are yeah. excited to have this conversation. Yeah, that's what I love. This is like the culmination of, you know, so many conversations that you've set me up with, including Dr., you know, including Seth and Dr. Julian, all these people that we've talked to, you know, over the last, really, I guess over the last year, a little more than a year, um, a lot of those conversations have been because of Brooke facilitating awesome people for me to have conversations with it. So publicly, thank you very much. For well, you are so people. welcome. When yeah. I send somebody your way, I actually say, look, he's super funny. He's <laughs> super sweet. He, and he will make you laugh. And that has always been kind of what I preface it with. And they're like, oh, I, I want to laugh. I'm like, no, no, <laughs> you really will. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'll try to laugh. No, no, no. I promise. And it, that's my goal with this is just to, you know, have a good casual conversation. But at the same time, you know, feel comfortable. We're happy. We're laughing, but we're also talking good stuff here and, you know, good human things and, and missions to accomplish and all these goals that these good people have. And we're trying to get it done and, and hopefully bring some people along for the ride along the way, you know? And, uh, and so we're here today, we've got Facebook live. And if you guys are tuned in, you can always comment, uh, in the comments section on the Facebook live. I'm keeping an eye on the comments. Should you want to Join the convo, but feel free to just lurk anonymously in the corner. That's absolutely acceptable. Uh, Brooke, um, your your life, like your story started so young and, the, and you're still cranking away, but you've accomplished so much in your young life. Um, we were talking before we went on air. Both of us are, are pretty comfortable with public speaking and a lot of people aren't. And like in my last job, we had people that, they knew they could default to Darren if there was a public speaking thing coming up and they trusted him enough not to, to do that weird way that he does. But, um, you know, so it really never been a big deal for, for either of us. Um, it kind of came, I was kind of scared of it until I got into singing for a band. And once I was forced to be on a stage in front of people, I got comfortable with it pretty quick and then just kind of went from there. But yours started way earlier than mine did. You were, you were performing as a kid, right? Yes. And so you, did you just say that you sang? Yeah, yeah. We, we I were, did not know that about you. Look well, at you. So. <laughs> a caveat, the band's name was Tone Deaf All-Stars. So nobody's saying I'm out here Marvin Gaye in it, but I gave it my right. best shot. Yeah. But, no, uh, I love anybody that's giving it their best shot. So for me, yeah. I love that you brought up singing. For me, singing was the way that I started to get over some of the anxiety that you feel. Because it is the human reaction. Right. When you step out on stage and you see those eyes looking at you, it can feel almost predatory, right? Mm -hmm. And I hate to break it down to that level, but it is predatory when we feel eyes on us. And we're like, what are they thinking about us? Are they yeah. are they thinking terrible things about us? So it's for a deliver singing, or die mentality. That's what your choice Deliver is. or die. Yeah. Yes. When you're singing, you're, you can get so focused on your craft and so focused on your art that you start to distance yourself from that deliver or die mentality. And that's where I started to really build the fundamentals. If I wouldn't have sang first, though, I would have a terrible time speaking. So I do mm. accredit the singing with the foundation. If we think of a pyramid, that laid my nice bottom of my period yeah and it's a good foundation to have yeah because i mean when i was in seventh grade or so i was that kid that was pretending to be sick so i didn't have to go to the school dance kind of social anxiety so that was a big overcome 
That's a great way to do it. And that, that got that got your foundation built. Yeah, most people are surprised to learn I'm actually pretty introverted. And just like everyone else, I can sure. get I can get pretty anxious at times. But my favorite group of people to speak to is elementary students. And people say, Why do you want to speak to elementary students? Because they're they're unpredictable. It's oh, yeah. hard to get their attention, right? And I love them because number one, they treat you so well, if you can say something that they care about. And number two, just the questions that you get are constantly keeping me on my toes. And I say, that's what keeps me tuned up. Like I am constantly getting attuned because a kindergartner will ask you some really, really interesting questions. Yeah. Yeah. I I had a presentation actually and there was a a picture of my dog and murray he was wearing a santa suit but i guess he must have looked sad and i said can anybody think of a plot for this story we were talking about plots and storytelling they said murray has depression and he needs to wear a santa suit i was like "Mm, how do i say that (laughs) ho ho oh yeah okay Uh, yeah, and you're right, kids. Uh, what is it? Drunks and children. They they're the ones that will tell the truth, and they will. They'll ask the most direct answers ever. But you're right, the engagement level, and especially with the you know what you're presenting, storytelling. What an amazing art form that is. It is, and you're in the same art form as me. Right, right. I just I get to I can make whatever face I want and wear whatever I want when I do it because nobody sees me. Most of the time. Today, they see me, of course, here on That's what I liked about radio. So my quick (laughs) caveat into radio was I did color commentary for um, basketball, college division one, division two basketball. And um, I really enjoyed it because I didn't feel the pressure because I also did sideline where I had a lot more pressure. And the way that not having to think about how you look when you're talking is another great thing. So I always tell my clients if they want to kind of loosen up their presence, I say, look, take out your cell phone, click record, but on a voice memo only don't look at yourself. I said, and I want to see, can you convey emotion through only your voice because that is the hardest when you only have your voice as your medium mm-hmm. and radio taught me a lot of that even though i didn't do very much with it yeah it's that is absolutely true uh, the you know they call it color commentary right when you're the the sideline reporter or you're the number two in the booth you know this guy's doing the play-by-play and you're over here and you're chip and you're like that sounds good to me eric you know but yeah. It's color because that's what you're adding. Your inflection, your tone, your your voicings, all that kind of stuff brings life to that verbal conversation. And that's really at the baseline what storytelling is. Um, million percent, million mm-hmm. percent. And it's, you know, it's an art form as old as it was. That was history before we could write it down. Then it was still history and it still is today, right? Uh, you know, reciting the recipes that grandma told you or the stories that grandpa told you about growing up or those kind of things, you know, that's our our verbal history and whether it's fiction and you're, you're doing audio books or whether you're, you know, giving a presentation on, on, you know, how to be a better storyteller. Uh, that makes such a big difference. Um, yes. I don't think we're going to be doing recipes though. So I have a lot of skills, <laughs> but cooking is not one of them. I sure can bake. Them. We'll see that that leaves you something. Then that's another goal to look for down the road is at some point when I have more than five minutes of free time a day, I'm going to learn how to cook a little more. So there you go. I, I try. It's hard. I can't eat anything. I'm gluten-free. Yeah. So. Yeah. It is. And you got to, yeah, there's a lot to keep an eye out for as you get into that. So, but uh, yeah, so you've got a, you know, an expertise in communication and that has, 
you know, you you had that tenure there with uh, with Fox Sports to do the live sideline coverage. Um, but this is kind of giving you the skills to be able to communicate, you know, on a variety of topics. Um, one of which is about your book. And this is one of the things that, you know, you've I've seen pictures where you've gone to the classrooms, met with the kids, you know, and, and tell them about. It. So let's before we get into talking about the, the the storytelling side of the book, let's give a little premise and a little preview as to what the book's about. Sure. So I'm actually going to do a second book, which was a recent oh, last cool. minute last week decision really so i'll announce okay. it here um and i'm very excited about that but my first book which is murray's miraculous mission is really about my real life stories so i started training therapy dogs a very unconventional hobby uh, right. when i was pretty young i was about say nine yeah and so how did, and how did you get into it was he just your dog and this would be a good place for him or sure so um, my first dog that I did it with was a female. Her name was Molly, and she was a golden retriever. If you've had one, you know that you can get very lucky with their temperament. <laughs> and my grand, my grandparents, so I live on a property where all of my family lives, live next to me. So my grandparents live next door. They kind of called me up and they said, we saw this ad in the paper about our like county, because we're very rural, needing more therapy dogs. And I was like, oh. So I got, went to the informational meeting with my grandpa. I was like nine and I walked out and was like, this is what I want to do. Like, I never want to not do this. So we spent some time training. She was about three. So we only took three, four months. We got her ready. And then she started visiting nursing homes. Well, that for me was really where I started to build some of those communication skills because I'm a nine-year-old walking right. into a 90-year-old's room. And what is what is the common thread there? What can you talk about? And I got really good at connecting on more of the emotional level, even though maybe our, we didn't seem like we had a lot of common. So I took all those stories, the fun ones, um, all of the cute ones, and I put them into a book with the underlying theme of, you know, helping others is worthwhile and volunteering is worthwhile. And the pictures are just adorable. I was able to have a Disney illustrator do them. So they're super That's duper awesome. cute. Um, and the kids really have taken to the topic and they've actually started training dogs. So I'm pretty proud. Yeah, that's a, that's a cool legacy to come out of, you know, what, again, brought you into into being a better communicator and a better speaker and so forth. And that is that's a position to be in um, that a lot of us struggle with, especially as really. And I think it's from, you know, our. I'm 48. My grandparents, you know, my grandpa was Depression era. Right. But my dad was. Mm -hmm uh, out of high school before Vietnam. And then, you know, I'm a guy who was born without the tech, but loved the tech grew into the tech and have evolved into it. So, you know, sometimes for my kids to communicate with grandparents, you know, that's a, that's a difficult conversation, even as a family and to go into a strange person's room, who's 70, 80 years, your senior, uh, to bridge that communication that had to been wildly intimidating. Yeah, it was. I've always been friendly. Mm -hmm. um, but I think after I did it, the dog serves as a really nice icebreaker. And that's yeah. what I tell kids. Um, even if you're too scared to talk to someone, you can make a card or X, Y, Z. So that was my Miss Ohio platform as well. Right. People thought it was crazy um, to do like a multi-generational platform, but it ended up working super well. And just talking about the type of programs that young people and older people can do or you know 20 year olds and 40 year olds yeah to bridge because that generational gap there's such a wealth of knowledge that comes from interacting with every different type of person yeah 
Yeah, for sure. And, you know, again, going back to storytelling, I'm sure that you walked away from there with some stories. And again, your stories that you created in that time allowed you to, to create that book. And, and you published the book when? Mm, some years ago, like three or four. It was like, yeah, it was, it was pre-COVID, right? So Yes, it was pre-COVID, which right. was part of the challenge is when my book got done, I had always wanted to go to schools. And um, I waited around, which I guess I shouldn't have done. And then COVID hit and I had two years where I couldn't, but right. I'm finally out there going now mm -hmm. and having a really good time. Yeah, it is. And it's a fun book. I mean, for those of you watching, you can get a copy of the book very easily. You can find it on Amazon. Um, you know, you can search it online. Just uh, just give it a quick Google and, and you're going to find Murray's Miraculous Mission without any major effort, which is awesome, and get a copy. And uh, is it available digital copy as well? I'm, I'm working on doing that. So okay. I'm working on reformatting. I had some Amazon issues, my friends. So most of the people buy through me these days. I got you. Let's I'm, I'm working on it, but I'm not a tech genius like you. No, that's that's quite all right. Uh, you know, for those who want to reach out or, or learn more, do you have a essential site or anything like that you'd send them to? I'm working on that too, okay, but I do cool. have my fix. No, we'll save that for chapter two when we. We'll, we'll save that for yeah, chapter we'll two. Yeah, we'll talk about the new book and, and dig in on that stuff. So, and, yeah. you know, for people who are watching and they're like, you know, this is our Forrest Gump conversation because you and I have both played a lot of fun roles over the over our lives so far. And so, Miss Ohio, you know, you're talking about that multi generational platform and, and how that wasn't a very popular idea. Do you think that's because it's typically something that is more difficult? Uh, to bridge, you know, programs typically consist of like, well, we're we're having bingo and we're inviting kids to come to kind of a thing. So, you know, what do you see as far as that that bridging? What kind of tools um, like the therapy dogs are out there for people today? I'm really into recently heart centered communication. It's something that I'm very excited about. I'll be talking at Toastmasters annual conference about. So I'm very excited. Nice. And um, heart-centered communication is stripping back the layers in my eyes. Now, number one, I always think about safety when we're talking, putting different generations together. But then number two, how do we strip it back and not be judgmental? You know, of the younger people are very into their TikTok and the older people are so not. And mm -hmm. that's a big, big gap to bridge. How do we peel it back and say, um, you're a human, I'm a human. You know, there are things that we can connect on. And even if we don't see eye to eye, how can we communicate from our hearts with each other? And that's something that I always strive to tell kids is you don't necessarily have to agree with your grandparents on everything right. and vice versa. That's how but we evolve can, as a species is we have arguments, you know, that's part yeah, of Yeah, and you can still kind of weave that thread of commonality. So maybe mm -hmm. you both, you know, love to laugh and you yeah. can share stories, whatever that is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think for me anyway, and, and you may experience this too, it's kind of a Midwest thing, but a lot of us look to a natural connection um, to bridge mm -hmm. that, whether it's going fishing with grandpa or for us, my family raises beef cattle. It's my daughter helping her grandpa at the farm. Those kind of things uh, for us, you know, that's a commonality. And maybe you're doing something very basic and mundane that's you're on a fishing trip together, but that evokes conversations away from distractions on technology and those kind of things too. So to kind of have a more honest, like you said, a heart to heart kind of communication. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. We're so Midwestern. Look yeah. at us. <laughs> <laughs> Hope. 
I should have worn my op hat today. That'd been that'd been perfect. See, that's not that's not not one that I do. Um, but I do like the yeah nah. If you heard of the Midwestern, like yeah nah, no, I do that. Yeah nah. Oh yeah. <laughs> no. No, that's terrible. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, these meaningful, you know, interactions between generations, it, it is an important thing. And I think it's because our history is a thread and we're constantly weaving new things into it. Um, and it just, I, I love storytelling. I like, we had a storytelling event at our fall festival here locally last fall. And I got to be lucky enough to be one of the storytellers to tell ghost stories. I got bonus points because a friend of mine wrote the book that we were, we were telling stories from. So I was like, Oh, I know this one. I read the book. Um, but it's a lot of fun and you on, on the front side of being a public speaker, there's really nothing like delivering something that you're passionate about and whatever your passion might be. If, if you're into, um, you know, you're passionate about helping, um, you know, the handicapped have access to mobility. Okay. You're passionate about that. You speak to people about that. If you, if you deliver well and you're confident about what you're speaking, man, you'll captivate people. And it could be somebody who has absolutely no interest in it, and they're still going to listen and pay attention and take away from you because of the, the passion that you have for it. So to me, the best stories come from the heart, you know? I always say, you know, I teach people how to, I don't know if you know this, Darren, so I do teach people how to speak, and I, we get our stories, and, you know, we get them booked, like with you, but... There's a lot of things I can teach someone. I can teach you how to not say, um, I can teach you how to articulate better. I cannot teach you to be excited about your own topic. Right. I always say, if you are excited about what you are saying, other people will be excited because they feel your energy. They feel just the joy you have talking about that, even if it's a sad topic. And that's what I say. You can talk about something that's very, very sad. I mean, you can talk about having a difficult time in your childhood and still be excited to share it because you know it's going to help somebody. Mm -hmm. So tying it back to that purpose and tying it back to that excitement makes a huge difference in your delivery, and you would know that so well. Yeah. It, it, being genuine, um, you know, don't ask me to come and, and talk about taxes or to deliver a political message that is not Darren's platform, and you will not get passion <laughs> out of me. <laughs> but uh, what would what would Brooks' top five tips tips for being a better public speaker what would you what would you hand out for free advice today number one give yourself permission i see a lot of people that don't give themselves permission to screw up give themselves permission to talk about what they really want to talk about mm -hmm. for me people weren't so sure about what i wanted to talk about at first and i had to give myself permission to be still excited and on board with that number two slow down this is not a marathon this is not a race Number three, when you are pitching yourselves to event organizers or when you're telling yourselves, I am a public speaker, I always tell people, don't say I do public speaking, say I am a public speaker, mm -hmm. because you want to claim that that is what you are. There is a different energy yeah. and there is a different ownership that comes from saying I am this, I am that. Uh, fun fact, far before. I was a public speaker. I claimed that I was far before I even had my business that Derek knows about. I claimed that I did. And I said, I am this, I am that people respond when we take ownership. So that's a big one about getting events. Number four, when you're up there and you're looking at the crowd, somebody once told me I was doing a kind of like singing audition. It wasn't public speaking. I said, I get so nervous. And he said, you do know that the crowd wants you to do well, right? 
And he broke it down like when you're singing, when you're speaking, the audience does not want to hear a bad speaker. They want to hear a good one. That's why they're there. And so internally, people are rooting for you, even though those eyes can feel super unsettling. Right. Then number five, have a really, really good pre-speaking routine. If you want to listen to Lizzo, listen to Lizzo. If you want to stretch, stretch. If you want to eat five Hershey Kisses, do whatever makes you feel grounded. Do whatever makes you feel more like you. Um, for me, my music changes a lot, but I'll always kind of shake out my body and definitely warm up my voice mm-hmm. so that it's not feeling stagnant because singer, singer time. But <laughs> Yeah, right, right. So those are my five. I would have a couple more, but I think the main one I really want to stress to people is give yourself permission to want to be a public speaker Mm -hmm. and then start saying that you are, you don't have to be perfect at first. People don't expect that from you. Right. Well, practice makes perfect. You got to crawl before you walk Insert cliche here. Right. But yeah, everybody starts somewhere. Um, any, and a lot of us start, maybe the written word is where we started with expressing ourselves. And then we were able to catalyst that into, you know, vocally speaking out. So, um, and the, the cool thing about the internet is, you know, here we are on Facebook Live. You're watching on Facebook Live or you're listening via the podcast. There are plenty of venues for you to be able to express yourself, talk about what you're passionate about. People like me, uh, you know, start your own podcast, do your own thing. But you're right. Level one is giving yourself permission and taking ownership, accountability, and genuinely diving in. Um, yeah. Some of my clients get nervous to talk about the things that they want to talk about. They feel like they're dorky or, um, you know, that no one else is going to care. You can find people that care about almost anything. And I swear that you can find like-minded people. So it doesn't matter how niche what you want to discuss is. I don't Mm -hmm. care if you want to discuss ancient Egypt. You can find people that want to listen. Yeah. There is a Peruvian flute music disco cover band group on Facebook somewhere right now with members waiting to hear from you. So exactly. if you if you love it, it's out there. There's 8 billion people on this planet. Uh, you've got plenty of like-minded individuals just waiting. So that's all. That's what I say about clients because I'm really fortunate. I have pretty good clients. Yeah. I consider them great. And I'll say there's 8 billion people on this earth. I don't need very many of them to like me. I don't need many at all. Um, I only need a small group of people that like me in this world. And I don't care if the rest of the people don't. And that is really how I feel. Mm-hmm. And it's worked well. Yep. It's good to have those like-minded people who who validate, you know, what you're passionate about and what you believe. And, and again, yeah, the world's full of diversity. Not everybody's going to be on the same page, but it's great to have people that are. Um, yeah. Brooke, so you it, asked me the next question. Yeah. So, uh, you know, let me, let me double check my time here. Okay. We, I think we got about, five, five, six minutes here before zoom will kick us off. Uh, as far as, you know, I know we're working on contact for the book. Let's talk real quick, uh, briefly about this next book. Um, what's, what's in the works? Sure. So I've had the books sitting around my home and I took a look at it and I said, this is good. I don't want to let it go to waste. So it's kind of a sequel. Unfortunately, these stories are not true. They are fictional stories with the same message. Mm-hmm. But uh, Murray, which is the title character in the first book, is going to go to a children's hospital and have some really touching and really fun interactions. So I can't wait for that. I have illustrations mm-hmm. that start on April 3rd. And I was like, we, we got to make it so cute. It's going to be colorful. It's going to be fun. So I'm excited to see how it rolls out. It gives me something to focus on rather than well, you know this, Darren, when yeah. you work in your business and you do the same thing every day or you work in your job, 
to have a passion project can kind of ignite you and light you up again. And that's how I feel about the books. People say, you know, it's a common misconception that you get rich off children's books. I'm like, absolutely not. I definitely (laughs) don't. Um, But they give me a sense of purpose. But how rich does your soul feel, you know, from that? Gosh. Yeah, exactly. And so when I get stressed in my business, I'll like slide over to my passion Mm -hmm. project. Mm -hmm. Life, life, work balance. And, and if you've got a passion Mm -hmm. like that in your life, it's, it's a great way to keep things balanced. Um, oh, million percent. Well, I have two businesses, so I, somebody's always got a problem. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's never, we're never without fires, but you know, that's what keeps us warm. So exactly. That's how we keep it going. Well, Brooke, it has been an absolute pleasure having you. And I know that we're, we'll be in touch for many more good things down the road. And we'll definitely have you back and chat some more about this next book as it's coming to light. And, and, uh, I know you're going to send me some more guests too, that we're going to be having on here for humans in tune. So. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. It's about time. Thank you. Well, here's the thing. I never leave you alone for for very long. Sometimes I think you think you get rid of me and then I just come right back. No. I'm like a like lice. I just keep coming back to your yeah. head. We Brooke, have hair. Brooke's my so. good penny. You just keep turning up and 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 stick around. So that's all. Awesome. He doesn't have any hair, so I can't be lice unless I'm in his beard. That's right. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Crawl on in. It's a squirrel's nest in here. all right well thank you for having me i'm happy to be here absolutely well today's guest has been brooke young brooke thanks again for being here for a a humans in tune segment with me today we will have another one coming very soon of course keep your eyes at 939 mike fm on facebook and at 939 mike to know when the next one's coming up and listen on air for me to promote it as well and uh, if you missed any of the episodes you can always go back and watch them again on that videos tab on our facebook page or you can catch the podcast uh, at 939mikefm.com or wherever you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple Music, and etc. Tune in for the next Humans in Tune. For Brooke, I'm Darren. Have a great afternoon. Be a nice human. We'll see you next time. Thanks for catching this Humans in Tune conversation with 939mikefm. Find previous interviews on our Facebook page or you can listen via our podcast at 939mikefm.com.